return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. We'll continue on. You know, last week we talked about faith and patience. And so uh, uh, with that, you know, there's a scripture in in, uh, uh, the Bible in Hebrews 6 verse 12 says, through faith and patience, we follow those. You know, we follow the people who are living the life. No, no, it's fine. That's fine. We follow the people who are living the life of Jesus. And, and you watch people's feet. Now, again, people can say anything. Watch their feet. Their feet is their actions. And, and faith and patience uh, really are inseparable. They're, they're things, you know, we have faith in God. But patience also with it is inseparable. The two go together. Because, because uh, we pray, and from the time that we pray to the time that we see the manifestation is a time of faith. And so we're trusting God. And so you have, to, you have to believe. So we pray today, if it doesn't happen tomorrow, you can't say, oh, God didn't work. No, God's always working. And there's things in the spirit realm that we don't see. Uh, very seldom do we see those things. And we don't always understand what's happening in various realms. But nevertheless, God is always working by his spirit. And of course, Abraham was the example. After he patiently endured 25 years, he saw the promise. And then we talked about the scripture from Hebrews 4 that we have to mix faith. If, if the word of God comes to us, and the word of God comes to many, many people, but, but in those that mix faith with it, it profits them, it blesses them. And we gave the example like if you bake or cook something, you can add all, you can put all the ingredients in a bowl. But you don't just set the bowl, you don't just set the pan in the oven. You have to mix it, and we understand that, right? So you mix it, you get everything uh, together, all the ingredients together, be it the flour, the egg, or the oil, and so forth, and then you have a product that you, that you're going to like. All right, so you have to mix it. Now that mixing takes some time; it just takes some time to do those things. But if we do it right, the same way with mixing faith with the Word of God, we're going to see answers. Amen. Hebrews 10, then, we shared a scripture verse that, that don't cast away your confidence. But there's a place, a verse in there, in verse 36, it says, You have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God. So sometimes people will say, well, you didn't do the will of God. Or they'll say, you're not in the will of God. But the scripture actually says, after you've done the will of God, you need patience. You need to hang in there. After you've done God's will to continue to believe, like Ephesians, Ephesians uh, uh, 6 says, having done all, you stand. Do everything you know to do, and then you stand in faith. And, of course, the question is, how, how long do I have to stand? Well, if need be, the rest of your life, all right? You're not standing based on the fact that I'm going to believe this happens in the next 10 minutes or 10 days or whatever. I'm just going to stand because it is the will of God, all right? So that's, that's where I'm going to stand, and that's, that's what I'm going to believe. Now, today, I want, to, I want to change the order there a little bit, Jennifer, but I want to go to 1 John chapter 4 uh, and verse 14. So what we're talking today about praying for people with patience. Now, here's, here's the wrinkle. We're praying for people, all right? 
So it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm believing God just for me or something, or I'm praying specifically laying on hands, but I'm praying for people. And then the word with patience, right? So what are we going to do when we pray for people? What are we going to do? Well, let's first of all, look at this. This is confidence. We can have confidence. Now, if we ask anything according to his will. So if it's biblical, if it's biblical, God will hear us. Amen. So that's why you want to know your Bible. What does the Bible say? So if you're praying for something biblical. Now, now healing is biblical. Amen. God's provision is biblical. Salvation is biblical. All those things are biblical. Having a good marriage. All those things are biblical. So, so we can have confidence that if we're praying then according to the Bible, that God hears us. All right? Can you say amen? So God hears you when you pray. Now then, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, there's a whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've desired of him. So now we can be confident that when we prayed, when we believed and so forth, that God is working by his spirit according to the very things that we prayed. So we attach faith to it. So today I'm talking about praying for people. So if you're praying for someone, okay, you're here in Brookings, you're praying for somebody that's in some other place, some other city or town or nation even, all right? When you pray here, according to God's will and according to his word, you pray here, God is working there. Okay, God is working there. So what you're praying for someone, say you're praying they get saved. God is working on their heart for them to get saved. All right, he is speaking to them. He is working in their life. Now, let me remind you also that you have to, if you have a computer and when you get a computer, it's usually, you know, you have capacity for storage and so forth. You have to put something in it. You have to store information. The Bible is the word of God that we put in our lives, but also when we're praying for people, we want to witness. Amen. So what do we want to witness? If, if it's healing, we want to witness about healing. We want to share scriptures about healing. Amen. If it's salvation, we want to share scriptures about salvation. In other words, they're getting old fashioned way here. They get a letter, they read a letter and they get something on salvation scriptures and they read it. Okay, now, when they do that, that's something imported, imparted into their life. Okay, so now, now what happens, the Holy Spirit has something to work with. You're not just talking about serving a God, but we're specific about serving Jesus Christ. Amen. And we're specific that the salvation comes through Jesus Christ. So we've imparted that we've witnessed Why is this important? Because God can't work with something that's not there. In other words, he's not. God, God loves the world, but the world, a lot of the world doesn't even know the Bible, hasn't read the Bible. So therefore, when we witness, we're imparting scriptures to their lives for the Holy Spirit to work with. Now, here's the final. There's the other thing that well, when we're dealing with people is that people have a choice. So when you pray for someone and the Holy Spirit, I believe the Holy Spirit is working right away. You can pray here at this hour of the morning and God is moving right away. Any place on this planet by his spirit, as you pray specifically for that person, he's moving. But they have a choice. So God isn't going to make people go to heaven. He died for everybody. He died for the sins of the world. 
But he's not going to make them go to heaven. He's not going to make people follow him. In other words, he's not just, he doesn't have a bunch of just cloned robots and say, I love Jesus, I love Jesus. Not doing that. All right? He gave people a choice. Say choice. He gave people a choice as to follow him. There's a terrible doctrine out there on, on, uh, on as far as people getting saved, that God saves, you know, predestines those who he wants to get saved. That doctrine is from hell. It is not from heaven. Because it says God chooses some people to get saved and some people are going to go to hell that he chooses. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Why would Jesus die for everybody? For all the sins of the world, pay for their sins and then say, but I want you to miss it. No, no, he paid for everybody. I say everybody. So people have a choice where you end up. It's not like someone can say, you didn't give me a chance, you know, you know, they're, they're in torment or whatever. No, everybody gets a chance. Everybody gets a chance in God's great justice system to follow Jesus Christ. And let me just say, the words, the scriptures again, even the heavens declare his glory. Everything speaks of God's creation. To say, there's someone bigger who you need to know about. And his name is Jesus. So with this, when we pray, he hears us. He's working by his spirit. However, the frustrating part is people have a choice. Amen? Even when I was, when I got saved, I wrote my parents letters. We have a letter that I wrote from the Philippine Islands and so forth to my parents about Jesus and about what I was doing. They thought I was on another planet. But the truth was, I was following the right way of Christ. And so my parents, through years, we would plant seeds, Christmas seeds, you know, Thanksgiving seeds, whatever. We'd plant things about Jesus. Amen. Now, see, they were hardcore lost, didn't want anything to do with me or this gospel like this, religious but not right. And so I kept planting seeds, planting seeds, planting seeds. And it would look like nothing was happening. It would look like, boy, nothing's taking place. And yet God was working by his spirit. So before my mother died, we talked again. She was having, uh, she had brain cancer that spread to her brain. She still could think right, and I knew my time was short. And I sat with her, and I said, Mom, I want to talk again about Jesus, about going to heaven, having a relationship with him. And I just talked to her about that, and, it was, and she was trying to focus. And, and then I said, can you pray with me? And she did. And I thought, what a wonderful thing that was, you know, for my mama to pray. And then later on, she couldn't function at all before she died. So we had my mom's funeral. And I prayed for my brothers, all my bro- three older brothers, and they all were not nice to me as, as a person because I became a Christian. And so we're at this funeral, and my brother, brothers were there, of course, but also there, my one brother, had been, they'd all been divorced, but, but he's there by himself, but another man was with him. And I'm thinking, who's this guy? You know, so we have the funeral. I said something at my talk to my mom's funeral and so forth. Afterwards, we have a lunch, and I'm thinking, who are you? So come to find out, I'd witnessed to my brother. I shared with my brother. He lives, you know, in another city a long ways away. Couldn't see him a lot. And yet, God, because I planted seed and kept praying and so forth, here there was another businessman. My brother was a very successful, wealthy businessman. And now here's a businessman who's much more successful and wealthy, 
who listened to him, and the guy said, why don't you come to our Bible study? And so, unknowns to me, this guy tells me, your brother prayed to receive Christ. And I'm thinking, wow, that's kind of amazing. You know, so God was working without me seeing anything in the natural. Took years, it took a long time, but God will work and honor your prayers when you pray for people. Now, let's go to a few scriptures. Genesis chapter 2. God will not override a person's will. He will not override. He, in other words, he will, not, he will not force you, me, or anybody to do anything. He allows people to choose. So God told Adam and Eve, he says, Every tree you may eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. Very clear, very clear word, right? And in the day you eat of it, you'll surely die. Now, of course, we know that Adam and Eve went on from there in Genesis 3, and they ate of that tree. And it says, so the woman saw the tree was good. So the, the devil, the serpent's talking to her. She feels she's deceived and, and is pleasant to the eyes, desirable to make wise. Lust of the flesh, the pride of life, all these things you see here. All right. She took the fruit, she ate it, she gave to her husband, he ate. The eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they'd done wrong. Now, let me say this. Adam and Eve made a choice. God didn't stop their choice. He will not stop anybody from making a bad choice. Now, let's face it. God was a perfect parent, right? So, obviously, let's say they were raised. Can we say they were literally raised in the house of the Lord? Okay. (laughs) So, perfect parent, knowing God and this intimate relationship and so forth, and yet made a choice to go against God what God had said to do something else that caused great pain that continues to us today because of that choice. So, so I want you to understand that, first of all, as a parent, sometimes we can think, ah, I don't know where I made a mistake. We raised these kids. We did this and that and so forth. But now they're looking at these choices. Well, keep in mind, there's a lot of other things go plopping into this system of theirs, all right? <laughs> And they, they have a right to make a choice. People can do whatever they want. God will not make them do, do what they don't want to do or so forth. But when you pray, I believe God reminds them. Might be in the middle of the night. Might be when they're going to bed or whatever. And they'll, remind, they'll remember your prayers. They'll remember something you shared from the scripture. They'll remember something from a church service. The Holy Spirit is faithful to remind people about their need to come to Jesus Christ and serve Him. Amen? So you pray, and all you may see is rebellion. But, in the, but I'm encouraging you today that God is working by His Spirit in spite of what you see. But the important thing is to keep planting. Amen? Farmer knows if he wants a good crop, he's going to plant seed, and he wants to plant a lot of seed. Not a little bit, he wants to plant a lot. Because he wants a good crop. So you want to keep planting. Don't give up on your loved ones. Keep planting seed. Keep sharing the word of God. Use snail mail. Use email. Use, use uh, thank you. Use, uh, use uh, 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 just messaging and so forth like that. And we welcome all of you that are joining us today. As we talk about, again, patience. Faith and patience, but praying for people. God is working. He's moving by his spirit. So use what you can to reach out to others. Amen? Here's a verse. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. God has set before us, he says, I call heaven and earth, or heaven and earth the witness. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. 
So because of Adam's fall now, there is death and there's cursing and so forth. There's all kinds of bad things. But he says, I want you to choose life. Say, choose life. Make a choice. Make a choice to follow Jesus. So that's what we're praying for people is that they will make a choice. God God can lay things out there again and again and again and again. They may reject, reject, reject. But I want to say as long as someone has breath and can think you're right, there's hope. Amen. So he says, I'm going to give you a choice here. Choose life. Choose life. Let's go down to Joshua 24. Again, uh, Old Testament verse. But Joshua is saying this at the end of his time. If it seems evil for you to serve, uh, serve the Lord, choose this day whom you're going to serve. If you're going to serve the gods that your father served, the other side of the river, the flood, the gods of the Amorites, the God of the land who's dwelt, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So Joshua's putting out there, he's saying, I'm choosing to serve the Lord. You've got a choice here. And I want you to follow me, of course, through faith and patience inherit the promises, but you've got a choice. I want you to choose to follow Jesus Christ. We would say in the New Testament today for us. Amen. So this is a choice. Now, can people follow any other gods? They sure can. People can do whatever they want in this life. But it's remarkable. Now, Roger's been to umpteen funerals by now because he works a little in that business. But people can think, you know, they've lived this life however they wanted. But now here's the funeral and somehow magically, oh, they ended up in heaven. And of course, not true. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. So we prepare in this life if we want to go to that life. Amen? It's something, it's something you do. So I want to say you, you sow seed, you plant seeds. Romans chapter 6, Joshua is saying, I'm going to serve the Lord. Now Romans chapter 6 verse 16. Do you realize that you can choose your own master? People can choose their own master. God isn't cloning people, forcing people, hasn't predestined they're going to do this. No, what God did is he wrote the book. So we have the Bible and he has a, he does have a plan. There is a time Jesus is coming back again. That's very true. All right. You want to be ready when he comes. But in the meantime, we have we're in this valleys. People are in valleys, a valley of decision. So you can choose your own master. If you want to choose sin, you can choose sin. You want to choose obedience, you can choose that. The one whom you offer yourself, he will take you and be your master. You will be a slave. That's very true. People allow the things of the world. People allow alcohol to be their master, drugs to be their master, sex to be their master, violence to be their master, rebellion to be their master. All kinds of things to run their lives. Christians do too. Christians do the same thing can allow things other than Jesus to run their lives. And they become a slave. Thank God that you once chose to be slaves of sins. Now you've obeyed with all your heart the teaching which God has committed, teaching the word of God. Now you're free from your old master and you become servants, slaves to your new master, which is Jesus Christ, which is righteousness. It's a choice. God will not override your free will. But he will work with your prayers as you pray for people. John 17. Jesus said, I'm going to pray for the disciples, of course, but also all those others that will believe on me through their words. So what is, what is he saying? When you share the word of God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God himself, they're praying that this person receives it. 
They're praying that this person responds. Amen. Amen? That they all may be one as we are one and so forth. When I was in college, I'm downtown. Well, first of all, I was in the dorm and people came by and they witnessed. They'd knock on the door and and I'd open the door and they would talk about Jesus, which made me very uncomfortable. I love talking about my church, but they talked about Jesus. I could talk about going to church. They talked about being born again and having a relationship with God. And so this convicted me. I didn't want them in my room. So I did every which way that I could to get them back out the door. And then I'm downtown going to the bars. And I'm walking down the street, and I see a man on the street, and he's passing out tracts, and he's sharing about Jesus. And I'm thinking, oh, no. You know, I'm going downtown to, quote, have a good time. So I see him. I stop where I'm at. Literally, I walk across the street. I walk down the sidewalk on the other side of the street so I don't have to pass by him. I don't want to hear his words. And I walk across the street again to get over to the bar. But while I sat in the bar with my beer, I, I kept thinking, that guy's talking about Jesus. And I knew I wasn't right with God. And so this happened a couple times where people then shared at my dorm room and so forth, planted seeds. So I was religious, but not right. Thank God they planted seeds. See, according to my denomination, hey, I'm baptized a baby. I'm good to go. No problem whatsoever. But now people even said, man, that Jesus is coming again. I thought, what are you talking about? We never heard Jesus is coming again. I mean, we've already had Christmas, you know. No, he's coming again. And that's, then that kind of scared me, like, you're kidding, you know. Folks, you need to tell people Jesus is coming again. I tell people all over the world there's a sequel to Christmas. There's a Christmas too. And he's coming again. Only this time he's coming on a white horse. This time he's coming to rule and reign. And this time there will be judgment on the earth. So I tell people all over the world, and people all over the world like, there's a Christmas. There's another Christmas. Oh, another one's coming. Jesus is coming. People need to hear that. I needed to hear that because I was lost in my religion. Lost in my religion. Patted on the back. You're a good old boy. Lost. Going to hell. So when they shared with me different ones, that gave the Holy Spirit something to work with then. It was planted in me. I heard it. I heard it. I saw some things. It's planted in me. So then when I'm in the bar, then the Holy Spirit spoke to me in this bar and called me out by name in the bar. And he changed my life. I mean, he said, Dave, what are you looking for? And I thought, all the dirty things I was involved in. But then God reminded me what people said about Jesus. That's why you want to tell people about Jesus. That's why you want to witness. That's why you want to type it out. He said, I'm kind of, I'm kind of shy. Then type it out. <laughs> you can be bold on paper. Paul was bold in letters before he got places. I'm going to be bold now so I don't have to later. I left the bar. I was a changed man. I realized what I need is you, Jesus. That was the revelation because that was the good seeds planted. Thank God for that. Began to serve a different master. Amen. Luke 22, Jesus looked at Peter and he says, I'm going to pray for you, Peter. Now, Jesus didn't take away what the devil was going to do. Jesus didn't take away all those things, but says the devil's tried to sift you like wheat. And he says, Jesus said, I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. 
So Jesus is praying for us, but for people in general. He loves people. And he's praying that people would respond to him. Obviously, the devil wants to take people to hell. Okay, we know that. But Jesus wants to take people to heaven. Jesus wants to bring redemption and renewal and so forth. And there's a choice involved. Amen? Peter had a choice. First of all, he made a choice to deny the Lord, which the Lord spoke to him prophetically. But then he made a choice also to respond. Ran to the tomb and so forth. And he made things right. And wouldn't you know, like after those 50 days, here he is at the day of Pentecost or the, 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 yeah, the day of Pentecost sharing the gospel with thousands, not ashamed, new man, new master. Matthew 27, we know the story about Jesus going before Pilate and Herod and so forth. But also Pilate, Pilate said, who do you want me to release? Now, Barabbas was a, was a rebel and accused of various things. And he said, do you want me to release Jesus? And he knew that they had handed Jesus over because of envy. They didn't like Jesus. They were envious of him. And while he's sitting there, notice his wife comes to him and he says, hey, don't have anything to do with this just man. He's a righteous man. I've had a lot of dreams, uh, things today, and dreams because of Jesus. Now think of this. Now I shared, I guess it was at the pastor's conference. So one of, one of the people that was around uh, Jesus was Susanna and her husband was Herod Stewart. So now you have people in prominent places who are following Jesus. And probably Pilate's wife was another person who had heard about Jesus. I thank God for women. Boy, they served the Lord, helped, helped the Lord, did many, many things. Powerful, powerful things. So here now, here now, here's Herod's wife probably has a dream because of things she's heard. Maybe from, from Herod Stewart's wife, Suzanne, and so forth, thinking, man, that, that guy's a just guy. Don't do anything bad to him. Right? So God's touching her, ministering to her. Who knows whether she got saved? She might have got saved. You know what I mean? After, after the death and resurrection and so forth, Pilate's wife might have gotten saved. So she said, don't, don't do anything. This is just me. He's a just man. Now the elders then persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. I think, is that the last verse? I think it is. So what happens? They come to Pilate though and say, no, 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 no. We want this man. Release Barabbas. We want, and they persuaded Pilate. So what happens? He went against what God or what this word was at that point. Of course, Jesus was going to die for the sins of humanity. But what I'm saying is he had a choice. People have choices. Everybody has choices. Everybody has choices, how they act, the things they do, what they want to do in life. Acts 22 was the place where Paul had gotten saved. Paul made a choice. We can say, well, he, he had this great vision and so forth like that. Sure he did, but he made a choice. This is a big choice because his whole life was wrong with the capital W, okay? So everything he did, everything he had pursued, all his religion, everything like that, it was just like dung. It was like manure. He realized, he realized I am wrong. And he made a choice to follow Jesus Christ. He says, what shall I do, Lord? So after he sees us, all of a sudden he realizes he has this revelation, epiphany. What should I do? He says, go to Damascus and I'll tell you what to do. Ananias has a choice. Ananias has a choice. He could have, he could have as he said to the Lord, informed the Lord, don't you know this guy's a troublemaker and bad guy? And, 
The Lord says, yeah, I know that. Okay, I know that information, but he's a chosen vessel for me. And so he, Ananias made a choice. Now, all of their choices we're living with today in a good way because of the choices they made that are great, that, are, that were right and so forth. These are good choices. You know, here at the Tabernacle, we have folks every week, you know, Albert's speaking tonight, I think, right, Albert, t- tonight. Uh, uh, people speak all the time that some Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, and do a tremendous job. I want to say, I'm, I'm proud of that. I don't know any other ministry that does that, nor any other ministry that has the quality of speakers that we have here. It's very, very good. I mean, I, when I'm in meetings, I'm taking notes. I'm blessed. And so, so you have to, you have to uh, make a choice. Make a choice like when you, if you come on a Sunday night or Wednesday night or to prayer or Thursdays or now you made a choice to be here. But as you do that, you'll be blessed when you make those choices for Jesus. Amen. Where's Levi? Where's Levi at? Levi, okay, a few weeks ago you talked about your mama. And your mama got saved. And your daddy wasn't so good. And he didn't treat her so good, did he? And yet she made a choice to go to church. And you come along and she makes a choice to bring you to church. Isn't that amazing? And you were aware that things weren't so good. Because of adversity and so forth at home. But here you are, Levi, because of your mother making a choice. And you, in turn, making a choice. And now you're in the United States just believing for the blessing of God. You made a choice. All those things are, are things we can say, well, sometimes, and again, we say, well, I prayed, nothing happened. Don't say that anymore. Because something's happening. If you, if you know, you might, we don't see people all over the place, but if you're praying, I want to assure you when you're praying, God is moving by his spirit. Something's happening. They have a choice how they respond. Old story that I heard many years ago, but the woman that uh, she'd gotten saved and she was married and her husband didn't like the new her. She's new master serving the Lord and so forth. New music, all these things like that. And so she got up on a Sunday morning. She said, I'm, you know, getting ready for church. And he was upset. You know, of course, he'd been up late the night before. And he got up and he's angry. You're not going to church. And so she said, I'm going to church. So finally, she comes out of the bathroom and he goes to the dresser drawer and he pulls out a gun and he sticks the gun to her head. And he says, you're not going to church. And she said, if you pull the trigger, I'm going to see Jesus. And if you don't, I'm going to church. And that guy dropped his gun and went to church and got saved. True story. Influence. Choices. Choices. I believe the world needs to see Christians that are really living the life. Not talking the talk. Not out in some sort of political bandwagon and so forth. No, I think the world needs to see Christians that are living the life. Where are they going to see that? They're going to see that on your job. They're going to see that by who you hang out with. They're going to see that, how you relate to people, how you talk to people. They're going to see that. And then you have to, and I have to say that you have to bring in Jesus Christ. It's not just God. There are many gods. Let's be specific. It is Jesus Christ. It is Christ alone who saved my life. It is Christ alone that I owe my life to. It is Christ alone that's by, his, by Jesus. He is the doorway to heaven. There are not doors, plural. There is a door to heaven. And his name is Jesus. 
So, so again, thank God for today's technology. You know, years ago, we had to write letters or, you know, you had this phone call with a cord, you know, and make a call. Well, now, though, it's, let me just say it's quite simple. It's not complicated. So I can take my phone. Sometimes I'll sit down for a long period of time and I'm just tick, 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 off, tick, 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 off. I can go all over the world. Sending things out, sending things out, sending out words of encouragement, sending out something people need to hear, including to my family members. All that's important. First Corinthians chapter seven just talks about marriage. And it says, uh, uh, if a brother has a wife, does not believe she's, she's willing to live with him, let her not divorce, let him not divorce her. If a woman, she has a husband who does not believe and he's willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. And then verse 16, how do you know, O wife, whether you'll save your husband? How do you know, O husband, whether you'll save your wife? The point is, is how do you know what your actions are doing? Because, because probably the biggest area of tension in life is in marriages. And why? Because it's created by God. And so God wants to divide husbands and wives, and he wants to get us to argue. It doesn't matter who you are. You could be a pastor. You could, would want to get us to argue. But we had revelation years ago that from Ephesians, when it talks about warfare, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So my opponent is not my wife. I have one adversary, and that's the devil. And so God wants me to work with my wife. Now, of course, we're both saved. But even for the unsaved, who knows? Who knows what your actions are doing? As you pray for your spouse, as you, as you uh, speak blessings over your spouse. Who knows? Who knows what's happening inside here? Sometimes we can think, nothing's happening. <laughs> and it may look that way, but I believe if we keep planting seed, I know God is faithful. And yes, they have a choice. They still do have a choice. But God is still faithful to speak to their hearts. Amen? I mean, I saw, I saw a guy yesterday and he... He, uh, he's on his second marriage. But, but see, he got saved. And then he looks back and he thinks, well, I was just a louse. <laughs> you know, the way, I, the way I was, the way I treated my wife and so forth. And, but now, now, okay, you can't go back, but you can go forward. Yeah. Amen? You can go forward. But he had this revelation. He thought, look, at, I did everything wrong. Well, let's start doing some, some things right. Amen? That's how life is. I mean, none of us are perfect. So you start trying to do the right things. Sometimes people say, well, I got saved late. My kids have this and this and this. Folks, it's, don't give up on your kids, but keep witnessing to your kids. Keep witnessing. Keep planting seeds. Keep sharing the gospel. You know, our kids aren't perfect. There was a time that, that our son was doing some different things, and yet he responded to the Lord. Seeds planted in his life. Hallelujah. You know? Who knows what the Lord is doing? So Isaiah 55, verse 11. So we have to attach faith to our prayers. So I want to encourage you, when you're praying for somebody, to believe that even right now something's happening. Because the word that goes forth, it will not return void or without producing an effect. So the word of God will produce an effect. They have a choice. That's true. But I'm confident that when I pray, God is reminding them right now. That's not like, well, I'm going to pray at this hour of the morning and two hours later, he might. No, I believe he's doing it right now. I believe God is so big, 
Just think about it. He's so big, he can manage billions of lives at once. And, and billions of prayers. So the word will not return without producing an effect. It won't be useless. It will accomplish what I please in purpose. Now, there's still a choice. I understand that. But the accomplishment is God is still speaking to people, faithful to minister to people in spite of what we see. Or, in fact, in spite of what they've done. Folks, people that have turned to the Lord in prisons or all kinds of places. You know, the... the the, it's remarkable to see the son of Sam killer always writes an article in the, in the alcohol magazine. It's, it's remarkable. The son of Sam who terrorized New York years ago, he's in prison for many, many, many life sentences. This guy is gloriously born again, excited for Jesus from prison, putting out videos, writing letters, doing things. His life was all a mess. His life was all wrong, but he got saved. He got saved. He got redeemed. His life is transformed. This guy's this guy's a miracle in prison, ministering to people who once terrorized the city, now alive for Jesus. So the word will not return without producing some sort of result. Luke 15, just a couple more things, but Luke 15. The prodigal who left, you know, we know he took half his the things that his daddy gave him and so forth. He goes into another country, he spends it, he wastes it. I think with harlots and all kinds of things like that, loose living and so forth. And it says, when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine of the land. And he began to be in need. And he went, he joins himself to a person there, a citizen, who sent him out the fields to feed pigs. And he was so hungry, he would gladly fill his stomach with the things the pigs were eating because no one gave him food. The way of the transgressor, Proverbs says, the way of the transgressor is hard. And sometimes we can say, oh, there's such difficult circumstances. Well, okay, that's, that's actually biblical. But the point is still, you can try to help them in a physical way, but spiritually is where they have to connect. People need to get a revelation of Jesus Christ. This guy, he's out there. No one gives to him. And I want you to underline in your Bible, in verse 17, underline this. When he came to himself, when he came to himself, you should underline that. He began to think right, right? He began to think right. In other words, in other words, I think his daddy was praying for him. I think his parents cared for him. I think they raised him like a, a good kid. But just things got into his mind and so forth. And the next thing you know, he says, I want out of here. And they let him go. That's the amazing thing, too. They let him go. He had a choice. He, he went and he did it. But I think his parents were praying for him. And it says, when he came to himself, he said, you know, my dad's got servants. They got food. So I, I'll go back and be a servant to my dad. And he humbled himself. And he went back the way he should have, should have done, right? He, he went back to his, to his daddy. His daddy noticed he's looking for him. He's looking for him. Looking for him to come home. And one day... He sees him come to the top of the hill, crest of the hill, like, there he is. I think we want to put our faith out there to believe for people to come home. I think we want to put our faith out there for people to get right with God, for people to get saved. There is always hope for anybody, no matter who the person is, no matter how bad the person is. There is hope for people to get saved. Amen? Uh, it, God is faithful. 
And so we have to believe his word that when we pray, he hears us and he's working by his spirit. And we'll see people like this come to Christ, come to know Christ. The key is to witness. Amen. First Timothy chapter one, chapter two, verse four or verse one, chapter two, verse one through four. So you pray, you pray for people for you pray for all people that maybe, you know, or you don't know prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks for all men, for kings, all who are in authority. Now, what is, what is the purpose of the prayer? Well, the purpose is that we can leave a, lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. So that's the purpose of this, that we can continue on. We know the end is coming, but we want to continue on and keep doing as much as we can for Jesus while we're here on this earth. What's the point of that? To reach more people. The point isn't that I get nicer things. The point isn't that I just live longer and this is great. No, the point is, is to reach people. That's the whole point of this in life. We have jobs and so forth. Well, what's my purpose? My purpose is that I shine for Jesus. My purpose is that I'm his light. Amen. That's why I'm here. This is, this is what we should be doing. We never stop this. Sometimes people think, yeah, let those young people go out and do those things. No, let everybody go out and do those things. Everybody. Go out and do the work of an evangelist. Amen? Tell others. And so he says, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved, to come to the knowledge of the truth. So if I'm praying for people, if I'm praying for kings, all right, and for all who are in authority, what am I, what am I my primary prayer? I'm praying that they get saved. I'm praying that someone witness to them. Years ago, there was someone in the, in the Nick, uh, Nixon administration. His name was Charles Colson, who was like a hatchet man for Nixon. And he would do bad things and so forth. And then this guy gets saved. <laughs> Wrote a book, Born Again. He gloriously saved. Started a prison ministry and so forth. God wants to reach people. And he can. doesn't matter where they're at, from the palace to, to any place. He can reach people. But part of that reaching them is people have to witness. Like there's this prominent businessman who witnessed to my brother. <laughs> you know, to my brother, I was like a low-life person, all right? To my brother, I was like, loser. You had a degree, you had potential, you could have done all these things in your life, and you became a minister. <laughs> but this guy witnesses to my brother, and he listens to him. And it just reinforced all the seeds that I planted. And he gets saved. People, this, this, it's all places. And these are high places, every place. People in authority. Praying that people get saved. Come to the knowledge of the truth. Even thinking about this. Think about this for elections. And, and do you vote? Absolutely. But again, what does it come down to? It really comes down to the local church doing ministry. And what does that mean? It means people individually shining for Jesus. Because if people get saved, their hearts get changed, right? And they begin to think in right ways, moral ways, godly ways, voting good ways. Amen? Amen. So the whole point is that, Lord, that they'd save maybe somebody that's an advisor. Or remember, remember it for uh, 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 Naaman. So they go to Naaman. Naaman has leprosy. He's a captain in the king's army right next to the to the king, the commander-in-chief. And, and they conquered these lands. And so there's an Israelite slave in his house. Think about this. An Israelite slave. 
So I don't know, she's doing dishes or whatever. And she says, well, it's too bad he doesn't know the prophet in Israel. Because if he knew the prophet in Israel, he could get healed. He's talking, he's talking to the mama, all right? Naaman's wife. Naaman's wife said, do you know what that girl said? That girl said there's a prophet in Israel that you can get delivered from your leprosy. Seeds planted, choices made. And Naaman, of course, he takes things from the, actually the king of Syria, goes to the king of Israel, and the king of Israel says, hey, I'm not that guy. What are you here for? I'm not that guy. And then somebody else says, no, 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 he's, just, he's talking about Elijah over here. That's the guy. How did that begin? Begin with a little servant girl witnessing to the lady of the house about, let's say this, about Jesus. And she, in turn, talks to the commander, who in turn goes and gets delivered. Folks, there's all kinds of people. You know, in the, the, the catacombs of Pierre, Rita, Rita always said, you know, they'd have prayer meetings every day. Rita Hoagland. They'd have prayer meetings. People would be praying and so forth. Well, that's not in the newspaper. You're not going to read that in the newspaper. It's not going to be in the news, but people are praying. And legislators, senators, and representatives will stop in and join in, and they're praying. These are powerful things. And that's the seeds that we want to plant. So let me say, let me go back quick before we lose time here. Your loved ones, write them down. We're going to do this right now. Write somebody's down, and and you want to pray for them. If they're lost, you want to pray for them, all right? Or rebellious, or whatever it is. You want to pray for them. But you want to witness to that person. Today, the challenge is, or the, the assignment, is you want to text them, call them, message them, email them, do something to tell them some more again about Jesus. I would tell them, I love you. I tell my folks, I told my folks for decades, I love you, mom and dad. Jesus loves you. We tell them that all the time. They liked the fact that we loved them, didn't like the fact hearing about Jesus. But we still did it. And little by little, that crusty shell, that old religious shell began to break. Little by little. And they got saved. So think about somebody right now. Think of somebody you want to pray for. You don't have to write it down. Somebody you want to pray for. So let's pray for them right now. So right now, in your, just as you're there, you mention their name. We lift them up to you. And Jesus, we thank you for impacting their heart. If they're, if they're not saved, Father, that, that the words we've shared would come back to them again. Holy Spirit, remind them even now of what, what we've shared, of your love and your grace and need to be born again. We pray, Lord, if they're rebellious, remind them again that they would turn. Remind them of conversations. Remind them of things said that they would turn to you, Jesus. That they would turn, make a choice. They'd have to make a choice. And we pray they'd make a choice today. Holy Spirit, remind them. Even right now, this very minute. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This very minute for reminding them. Reminding them. Thank you, Jesus. And, Lord, there's people we don't even know personally, but you know, Lord God. And so people in places of great places of power. But, Lord, we know that there are Christians there. We know that there are servants. We pray they would be vocal. We pray that they would witness. We pray that they would, uh, uh, a servant, an aide, or somebody would witness and tell others about you, Jesus. And that that ripple effect would be passed on to the very leaders, leaders of government and leaders of business. In the name of Jesus, we pray for salvations salvations, that people would be saved. Hallelujah. Come to the knowledge of the truth in the name of Jesus. 
We thank you for working miracles by your spirit. Now, even leaders in countries with ungodly leaders of other, other religions. But we pray, Holy Spirit, you speak to their heart. Hallelujah. Speak to their heart, Lord God. And that you're well able, Lord, to minister to them. And that, Lord, they would, they would have dreams and visions. And, Lord, even again, an aid would come to tell them the truth, Father. In the name of Jesus. That they would become born again. Hallelujah. Their eyes would be enlightened. Because you paid for their life, Jesus. Hallelujah. You paid for their life. So we pray for, we stand for him, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that even as we pray right now, people that we prayed for, you're speaking to them right now. And we thank you for Holy Ghost change. We thank you for doing good things by your spirit, Lord, right now, this minute in Jesus' name. We thank you for them responding to you, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for phone calls. Thank you for text messages. Thank you for emails. Thank you for things going out, Lord, expressing your love, Jesus. We thank you for testimonies and good reports. Father, thank you for this. Thank you for this, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Can you say amen? Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.